Sagen Sie jetzt mal bitte A. Anarchie. 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 Ob geschichtlich oder brandaktuell. Mit Berichten und Interviews, mit Beiträgen und Collagen. Beleuchtet das anarchistische Radio Berlin das Phänomen des Anarchismus. Viva Anarchie! Struggle is not only in the streets, but in how we represent and inspire each other. A Radio Berlin was with Nderti Lepra in Santiago de Chile, a trap artist with whom we talked about why make music for dancing with social critique and revolutionary lyrics, his life experience through music, anarchism, and the popular uprising. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how and when you started to make music? I'm Dirty Lepra, dirty with an eye. I'm of Mapuche descent, but I grew up on the periphery of Santiago, in a neighborhood called Puente Alto. Those roots, being Mapuche and being from the hood, have defined me ever since I was a kid. Being a minority, compared to everyone else, meant I was always picked on and made fun of. And Puente Alto is a really marginalized part of the city, far from the center, where people mostly go to sleep, rather than to exist. You know? People get up, leave Puente Alto to work, then come back to sleep. But at the same time, I'm kind of proud of it, you know? I started making music around 2011, but it started off more old-school rap and not very political, just rapping about things that I felt. You could say more emo, more day-to-day. You know, the kinds of things that an 11-year-old would rap about. But over time, I got more and more active in Mapuche communities, and I started realizing different things. Like how being Mapuche makes you an agent of resistance, and my music started to evolve into a more political message. Even though I started to incorporate a more political message, you could say I wasn't choosing the best words. I mean, when you grow up in a sexist environment, your insults generally tend to be kind of sexist. But also being so young, my critique of the system wasn't totally developed. It was more like, fuck the security guard to make me pay for my transit fare, or cop motherfuckers who arrest my friends at marches, you know? Like saying things in very simple terms, not the most critical look at the problems I saw around me. I wasn't that into reading either, so what I rapped was just what I lived, what you see from day to day, just what unfolds out in the hood. With more time, I started to kind of instruct myself, you could say. I started to meet more people with an anarchist outlook, and they recommended books and places to find them, like libraries or social centers. And in those spots, I could get a little summary of different ideas. That's when my music started to take on a more elaborate social critique, beyond just insulting those who maintain the present order of things 
Instead, I was questioning why were there people defending that order and why that order existed in the first place? Why did the system work that way and not some other? Why was society so rigidly structured? And my music started taking on another point of view, still in the same vein as before, but with a more developed critique. At some point, I realized rap wasn't really doing it. Nobody really listened to it, and I wasn't about to become the next big thing. So I decided to give up the ego and leave the whole rap thing to the side so I could start focusing on the kind of music people actually listen to. I met more and more people who were doing trap and music in that genre, and I said to myself, aha, this is what I'm going to start doing because you can tell this is what people are listening to. I mean, I do think that there is some ego involved when you make music. Like, oh, shit, this is cool. People are listening to me now. Or it's nice when people say things like, yo, your music is so good. So there was some ego involved too, and I wanted to reach more people. And from Trap, I started branching out to other beats, other rhythms. And I realized that I wanted to make music that was a little more suited for the club because, you know, I like to go out. I like to party. But at the same time, I was like, man, but everything they sing about in reggaeton is just bullshit. It's not like most reggaeton dudes have much of a social critique. Take J Balvin, for example. How he's like, I'm not right wing and I'm not left wing. I just keep it straight. Regardless, I started trying to make a little reggaeton. Or maybe more like dembo. Something people could dance to. I mean, being conscious, being active, doesn't mean everything has to be so serious all the time, you know? There have to be moments you can enjoy too. Times to ease the stress. Being serious and angry all the time, it's really exhausting. You can't enjoy yourself. It burns you out from being part of the struggle. Which isn't to say that the revolution has to be one big carnival, but there's a time and place for all that. Both anger and joy have their own importance. So my music began to reach more people. Like, more than I expected. It was awesome. It was fulfilling. I was like, wow, this is great. There are people who really like what I'm doing. And I was getting all these messages like, hey, when is your next song coming out? So branched out with more dembo, mambo, and for example, people were tagging me on Instagram, getting down with my music, and I was like, damn, this is exactly what I wanted. People having a good time. And like occasionally being like, you know, this line really makes a lot of sense. Or being like, This is cool, being able to listen to this kind of music without bullshit about girls being all blah 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 blah, you know? Because most of the anarchist music is like a lot more serious or heavier or like metaphorical. Like in a party or in the club, no one's going to be like, hey, let's pull out some Los Muertos de Cristo, a Spanish punk band, really good. Or like, let's listen to La Polla Records. You'd be killing the vibe. It's like when you're at a party and someone breaks out an acoustic guitar like, no, dude, not party, not cool. So it was great, because the idea was not to have to listen to sexist music or other kinds of oppressive language, because there's already a lot of that in party music. In fact, a lot of the rap ego, like the beef between rappers, is built on this idea, I'm the best rapper, I'm better than everyone else. Whereas instead, the vibe of the dembo scene is a lot less competitive, less close-minded. And it's great. And the best part of it, it's still music that bourgeois people still don't listen to which makes it really nice for me. Because trap, despite everything else, is still music that reaches people with money, and they think they're all revolutionary for listening to trap. But dembo? I can't see an upper-class person putting on dembo music to listen to it while they're around the house. But I imagine, like, I don't know, people doing their dishes, listening to my stuff, or on their way to the metro, the kinds of things that a rich kid would never do. 
So that's what basically inspired me to go from being really, really into rap to getting more into music that the rap world kind of rejects. I found out about you with this song, like this reggaeton cover that you did that's called Explota. Did you make this song before the uprising and you published it later? Or was it already out and it just kind of caught on? That song has been around for some time now. I don't know, maybe a year. It came out much earlier than the uprising and it kind of caught on, I think. But I didn't really expect it to get the reception it did. I thought, who would like this reggaeton song? Reggaeton is out there for a reason. But it kind of caught on for real, and people were really motivated to listen to it, you know? And it was cool because then a lot of people were telling me that they liked my song more than the original one. Because the song from the other guy is a bit empty. I liked it, but it was empty. It didn't have any message. Nothing. Just words. But it came out before the uprising, and I think that parties have made this song get more popular. On top of that, it's a catchy rhythm. Really danceable. Every time I do a show, there's always a lot of people that start to dance to it. That's also really cool, because in the end, that's kind of the point, to relax a little, to forget about all the shit that's around us for the three minutes that the song lasts, to dance to the song that has social content, and then we can go on, a bit more renewed. You get energy from it, to keep facing all this shit, you know? Let's rest a bit. In fact, there's a lot of criticism about the song that has to do with fat phobia and all that, which I've been trying to work on. There's a part of that that says something like, the cops are fat, and some people didn't like that part. Because fatphobia in this comment didn't exist. I didn't see it as something real. But later I began to learn more, and clearly it is a way of insulting a group of oppressed people. It's not a good move to use it. In fact, I have thought many times about changing that part at gigs, but I haven't come up with something as fun as that. I don't know, I still sing that part in honor of the past, but I have tried to change my mind ever since people told me that, and I was like, oh, they're kind of right. Sometimes insults have to be a little more careful, because obviously telling a cop an insult that has to do with the LGBT movement would not be cool. But at that time, this topic of fat people, I don't know what the right word is, did not exist for me. But this criticism helped me open up a little to learn about things, and to continue investigating about different struggles that exist. There seems to be a trend now of other people doing similar things to what you're doing. Have you seen an evolution since you started doing music? Are there more people making trap with more conscientious lyrics, paying more attention to how they say things? I think that from the anarchist world, people are more into being careful about what is being said. I think that now there are a lot of people who are making music because now the medium is more democratized, if you want to call it that. It's easier to have a microphone, or many people just download Cubase or Fruity Loops and they record themselves with a microphone from their headphone set. Maybe the quality of the music production is not that good, but the message is there. And it's really cool that so many people are motivated to make music. Like many people have told me, oh, I'm making a song and it's kind of like yours. And I say, go for it. Because that makes me so happy to serve as an inspiration for people who are more into the urban thing. I kind of think that recently it became popular to be like from the hood, low class. Like all of a sudden, I started hearing songs by other friends where they would speak with this shah. But you could tell 
that it was not the way they spoke normally. Like, kind of cool that people started to be proud of what we are. That's why in the song Pandela I say, Anarcho hood without authority. Because before being an anarchist, I felt like I was a hood kid. Like in the song Mapu Flaite, where besides being exploited, being discriminated for being Mapuche, you are seen as a low-level hood rat by the common denomination of people with money. And I think that is something that you did not see before, this pride in being a flaite. But clearly, it's not about romanticizing being from the hood, because we also have shitty behaviors towards women, towards our own peers, our neighbors, which you can see a lot of in urban Chilean music, which is a lot about, this is for the fucking envious, my neighbor, the I don't know what. You see a lot of these class insults, insults among the same class. So it's not about romanticizing poverty because no one, nobody should have to be raised marginalized. But if that's how it was for you, it's not really cool to pretend that you're rich or from some other social class. So the movement has grown a lot. A lot of kids now, you can see that a lot. A lot of kids trying to do trap, slowly moving up. Although personally, I prefer things that are produced well, like to the ear, to say it in some way. But if it sounds bad, it's not like I'm never going to listen to it. And in fact, live performances are more important. But in general, yes, since everything is more democratized, maybe the quality of music is not so good, but the message is still really powerful. And you can tell that the new generations want to fight to change the system, you know? How did it make you feel? How is it making you feel, this social uprising? How was it for people around you? Music-wise, since the uprising, I've tried to put out some songs that have to do with what is happening. Like, I don't know, Rebelde Bellacose. That was a song I did entirely about the revolt, to kind of put the topic on the table because one couldn't really ignore it. I also uploaded an unedited song to my Instagram that was also about the uprising and that I made like on the 20th of October maybe, like right when it was going down. And I don't know, personally I first tried to stay away from the whole thing because my mom was really worried and I felt like there was no need to worry my mom at that time. It was better to try to explain things to her and when she got it a little bit more then I could go out to do what was needed to be done. No, but really, I have really tried to be present in the mobilizations and everything that has to do with Puente Alto. I have tried to be present there as well. And I don't know, when everything's explored, for me it was such a cool thing, like, finally! In that moment I said to myself, okay, 
it's just going to be like a Friday thing because it all happened on a Friday. I remember that I was partying and I thought it would just be today. And then it'll be over. Like it always is. A march and then bye. And the shit didn't stop and wouldn't stop and hasn't stopped. But I thought to myself, finally, we are realizing that we can do something. And you can really tell that it's a movement from the ground up. There are a lot of people saying that this is like organized by a political sector. And I say, no, this is from the ground up, from the people that don't have food to eat, from humble people. Why? Because you can't even say, what are you asking for? No one can tell you that we are asking this and this, and there's a list of demands. I don't know. We don't want more AFP. I want for my mom to have money when she's old. I want for the metro to not be so expensive. Many things that are coming from more humble people, from the lives of humble people, because, I don't know, we want higher salaries. We want everything because we have been quiet for so long that we don't know what to ask for anymore, because everything is shit, and we have had to live like shit. There's still people saying, these people want to live for free. No, we want to live well, you know? I still don't think that with this movement, we will be able to destroy the system and transform into a country of anarchist territory. It's tricky, you know? But we do want nice things. We also want to live. We need peace of mind also. It's heavy shit. To think about how people get tired, it's a possibility. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's really tiring to always be out there. Plus all the deaths that have happened. But at the same time, I say we can't stop precisely because of the deaths. We can't let all these people die in vain, you know? But it makes me happy to see a movement from humble people. You can tell that there is no political party involved here, because at the end of the day, the political parties are still oligarchs. Guys from the elites with money. I could say I'm a communist, but I have a lot of money. I could say that I have written, or I don't know, it's happened, a lot of people say to me, my granddad has written so many manifestos or things like that, and I don't really care what your grandfather has done. He hasn't done anything and neither have you. I kind of prefer people that maybe are alcoholics or that even be homophobic or fatphobic because in the end, these people deserve to live well, to be well. It's kind of classist to criticize people since they have also not been educated. Because for marginalized people, being gay is something bad, you feel me? And perhaps it's something that needs to be changed, but not from this, hey, who could say that you are so uncultured or uneducated point of view? Because that's what we are, uneducated. That's why we act the way we do. To criticize how people use insults, it's because we don't know what else to do. Because we're angry. We don't know how else. Because calling a cop, killer cop, I don't know. I think sometimes what comes out is fat cop. I don't know. Because it's a ghetto thing, so one cannot ask them anything, in a sense. Anything that elitist or that educated within the social movement, because... It's people who have a lot of anger, who have lived a shit life. For you to tell them that they cannot demonstrate, it's like, who are you? Another bourgeois? Leave them be. Let them protest. Let us throw rocks at cops while yelling whatever we want. We're angry, and we want to show it somehow. And I think this is the moment, you know? Maybe we have to change many things. Many shitty insults. And we have to accept that many insults are really bad. But... What are you going to do? In the end, these are people who've lived like shit. And many of the people who are studying in the universities are there maybe because they lived better lives, including myself. 
maybe not as hard as some marginalized people. So I don't know. I hope this goes on. Let people do what they got to do. If we're angry, we have to show it somehow. So that's that. I don't know if you want to say something about the situation in Puente Alto. It's different how repression is lived on a daily basis in places like Puente Alto than somewhere like Plaza de la Dignidad, where people go to specifically to demonstrate. They are different things. I have noticed there are many places where people are getting organized in public squares and making activities. The repression is very different. There are two things, I think. One, that people in marginalized zones have always been repressed. It's not just that now, because of the revolt, the cops are acting like shit. In marginalized areas, in the ghetto, the cops have always been shit. Even the kids in the Saname, the cops abuse them. I don't know. I remember that in university, I studied the pedagogical school, they had done some petitions that said something about how the cops were really bad or something I can't remember. So I'm like, you just figured out that cops are bad? Cops have always been bad. In the Walmapu, for example, I don't know. I feel like it's not something that you should have to propose because it's something very obvious. The cops are bad, period. It's the reason to demonstrate. But not so that they can stop being bad. They can't, you know. They're cops. And the other thing is that their repression in other places like Budahuel Sur, where there's a lot of shit going on now, it's very different than what happens in Plaza de Dignidad. Why? Because in Puente Alto, La Pintana, there are no human rights watch people to start off. There's just regular people recording. And they are just people that go up to cops and say, hey, why are you doing that? So the cops feel themselves with much more liberties there. For example, the video that was quite popular from Pudahuel Sur is one of a gas tank going really fast in a small alley with a lot of people running away from it. And the tank spewing a lot of gas nonstop. It's a classist thing. Because in La Plaza de Dignidad, there's one area where shit goes down, and there's another side where there's rich people just having a good time, drinking alcohol in places where it's not the moment to do that. I feel like people don't go to party in Bellavista anymore on Fridays. They go to party to the plaza. So revolutionary. Photos on Instagram. They just put in danger the rest of the people who are on the front line. I feel like Puente Alto has organized itself a lot. Really dope. And it hasn't stopped. It has been constant, and social relations that have come out since the revolt are really beautiful. I remember that the day it all started, people were saying things like, I hope we get something out of this. People were talking with each other. You could see people in their cars stopping by people on their streets and saying, Hey, I'm going to, I don't know, Maipu, do you need a ride? Things that you did not see before. So I feel like that's something really dope. And I hope it doesn't get lost because this way of being super quiet and into ourselves is something very much of a capitalist society. That's how they wish us to be. Poor people not wanting to be that poor and believing that we are better than other poor people. You see that a lot. I remember that in Puente Alto you saw a lot of mobs. Poor people mobs. Look, I live in a kind of okay part of Puente Alto. And there people would say stuff like, the people from Bajo de Mena, which is like a more ghetto area, the people from Bajos de Mena are coming in a mob to steal. And I thought to myself, what the hell are you talking about? Because, because they weren't talking about people from La Ciudad del Sol who are more rich, right? No, it wasn't those people. It was people from Bajos de Mena, from Volcán. And it was like, what are they going to steal? They are not going to come in a mob to steal our TVs. And these were mobs running away from looting of supermarkets, you know? And to me, that's not something bad. 
like these people have shitted on us so much and they collude on all that shit. But I don't know. This thing with the yellow vests was heavy and they got a lot of screen time on TV. So people were really into this. Like between going to steal diapers, food, or alcohol, or whatever, and going to rob a house and possibly going to jail, there's nowhere to get lost. But you would see a lot of people making barricades to allow cop cars to drive by, but not the cars coming from the mobs. And on TV, they kept going with the yellow vests. Even mayors of neighborhoods with yellow vests. Propaganda. It's good that it didn't go further and people stopped paying attention. They realized that it wasn't the way. I think it's fear, trying to protect what it's been so hard for you to get. It's shitty that you had to put so much effort into getting what you have, and you try to kill people for trying to take something from you. They've made you suffer so much to obtain your things that you really feel like no one can come and take them from you, because they only belong to you, and in all this effort, you haven't seen your family. It's heavy, but in the end, it shows who's keeping us by the tight rope still, which is the system and people with money. Is there something that I did not ask you that you would like to say? Something you would like to tell people from other places that might listen to this interview? I don't know. That they should do their thing and rise up. Try to unite their people. Realize that working people are from everywhere. And that we have all more or less suffered the same. At least a majority. So maybe to try to make instances like this happen. Like what's happening in Chile. To make that happen in other places. Let's abandon this individualism we have sometimes. Or this addiction that anarchists have with reading a lot of books and not doing anything. Or doing a lot of talks and discussions without arriving at any actions. I feel like we have to leave that behind a little bit. I'm not going to be reading Bakunin now. This guy died a long time ago. Maybe we could have said other things if he had lived in this reality. Like in the Mapuche struggle, I cannot go and tell Lemien or Peñiz, Hey, have you heard of Kropotkin? They're going to tell me to get lost because he lives somewhere far away. He wasn't even from this continent, not even from this time. I think we should leave behind so much anarchist intellectualism and who has read more books or who knows more last names of people and focus on more real things. I'm not saying I'm going to go burn a cop or throw some Molotovs at someone because even though burning a cop or throwing Molotovs is fun, it doesn't generate a real change. We should create instances of solidarity, mutual aid among people, between neighbors, which is something that has been lost a lot. I feel like that actually creates real change, solidarity, supporting the people. These things are necessary for me. Clearly, direct action is also very necessary, as long as it's not about ego. Then for me, it's valid. But that needs to be supported, not just by the actions, but in afterwards. Why did I do this? What for? Educate people so they know why they are doing what we're doing. Because sometimes, people look down on anarchists, myself included. Even though I'm not sure that I'm an anarchist, but still, it happens that on the radio, people talk about the football hooligans and they say, who are these hooligans? Delinquents? Anarchists? Being an anarchist is not a bad thing, but on TV, they always show people with bombs. I don't know. Things are not always like that. So maybe we should open up to other spaces of solidarity and mutual aid among the people. I think that's missing with anarchists, with our community to get out of our books and start acting upon what we read. The book will be there, and it will continue to say what it says for a long time. But the thing is to take that into the field, to make it happen, you know? You just heard an interview with Dertilepra from Santiago de Chile. 
If you want to listen to more from Dertilebra, you can do it on his YouTube channel or find him on Instagram at Dirty underscore Lepra. That's D-I-R-T-I underscore L-E-P-R-A. You can listen to more audios from Chile in Spanish, English, and German at aradio-berlin.org. Ooh. Hey, 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 hey.